Well, if you're just joining us on the podcast, I'm glad you're here. We're having a little bit of a healing session here because uh, right here in the Gateway Studio, we have Pastor Chris Cobb and Pastor Jordan Canastracy. And uh, as of the time of this recording, the Green Bay Packers have been soundly defeated by the San Francisco 49ers. And I hate to start on a sour note, but we were just trying to minister life to Pastor Chris Cobb because he is a Packers fan, and he's not ashamed to say it, right, Chris? You're. I wouldn't say they soundly defeated him. <laughs> <laughs> From our perspective, it was a sound. It was a sound. They, they just gave it away. They just gave it away. How long? How long have you been a? How, how long have you been following the Packers? Sixty-five. Since nineteen sixty-five. Wow. Jeez. Well, you know, you're not just there, a. There's Pack- a reason why they call the Super Bowl trophy a Lombardi. Oh, there we go. See, now he's going wow. back to Vince Lombardi, 19... Lombardi. He's going all the way back to the 60s. Yeah, the and... Italian philosopher. <laughs> Lombardi. That's right. But you're not just a Green Bay Packers fan. You are an executive pastor at Gateway City Church, and you are doing a marvelous job. I appreciate you, brother, so much. Oh, and, the best. Uh, carrying such a load here, not just, not just in our... San Jose campus, which takes a fair amount of your attention because yes. of all the things that are going on, but also, you know, you're helping me with all of our cities, now seven cities where we are busier than we ever dreamed we, <laughs> we would be. I call it seven kinds of crazy, but what a glorious, uh, what a glorious, tumultuous, uh, hectic, joyful, uh, responsibility uh, you carry and uh, and carry with me, and you're doing a great job. I I I really appreciate it. And we're we're going to have a conversation today. I want to talk about peace. I want to talk about the journey to peace, finding peace, and because it's something that is important to us right now in this season. Yes. But also, it's just important for every Christian, especially when we you know go through crazy times and you've had some crazy times in your life, my friend. And I think people want to hear what you have to say, <laughs> uh, about peace. First of all, we're in a, we're in a series called journey to peace. Uh, as this podcast airs and goes live for some, you'll catch this podcast later, but we're kind of in a, in a, a series of seven messages and I don't really want to focus too much on what we're preaching on right now but kind of how we came to it, uh, this this journey to peace. How did we come up with this idea about helping people in the area of peace? Well, you know, we were, in our meetings, we were always kind of reviewing pastorally the climate spiritually of our sheep, of our members. Right. And we're trying to keep our eyes on what's really going on, what's the needs, what are people experiencing, what are they going through? Going through two years of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would have been in this situation a couple of years ago? But if we step back and we look at what they're really going through, so on a regular basis, we would be continually reaching out to our members, checking in on them. How you doing? What's going on? How can we pray for you? And I think it was you about oh, about a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, in a meeting, we, we summarized it's those seven different areas that we felt people were really battling the most. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of came up with the idea, like, okay, these are the seven major areas that people are wrestling through. How do we proactively and how do we pastorally 
speak into those areas to bring people to a place of wholeness and healing. Mm. And that's kind of the backdrop of, of where we got to. Today. And, I, and I think part of it too, we were talking about almost like the weapons that Satan uses to hurt people, yes. you know, because yes. we saw a lot of, you know, it was COVID and it, and it has been the schools and the work and the finances and the shutdown and just kind of all the life too. But somewhere in the midst of that, you can almost see the puppet master pulling some strings. He's, he's firing those invisible, yes. invisible rockets, uh, at people. And it's, kind of the same story that we see in the Bible and down through the centuries and all the years, there are, there are common, I don't know, would you call it weapons that the Satan uses or battles that people fight in life? What yeah. are the most common um, ones? And that was a piece I like, of it. I like to call them battle fronts. The enemy yeah. works behind the emotions people not only experience. For instance, instance one of them is fear and anxiety. Mm. And that's probably one of the strongest ones, but behind the emotional fear is a spirit of fear right. over this nation. So you got fear and anxiety. You got people that have battled a lot of guilt and shame. You got the enemy working behind the scene to bring guilt and shame, doubt, pessimism, anger, hostility. So people that have just a chronic fatigue where the enemy just wants to continually weigh people down. Yeah, uh, We've talked about inferiority, inadequacy. Uh, discouragement, you know, all these different areas. These these are frontal attacks mm. upon God's people. So not only do you have the COVID in the natural, but you got the spiritual dynamic happening in the atmospheres in the spiritual realm. And that takes yeah. it to another level. because On the people, on the cities, oh on their gosh. members, everywhere. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I can't, you know, I have to like, when I think back over all the stuff that's happened in the natural I have to like ask myself, did that stuff really happen? <laughs> no, right. It's almost you know, at, and and at one point, at one point, at least here in in San Jose, we had like four different things stacked on top of each other. So everybody was going through COVID, and and then there was a the the crazy presidential election season, mm -hmm. and then on top of that was all the George Floyd stuff. All the unrest and all of the, the all of the activation the of people, feelings. yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, in San Jose, we had fires going on. Oh my goodness! And yeah. it's just like it, it's in it's incredible. Like you know, the compounding and people like out of work, right. people afraid for their health, people wondering what was going to happen to their small business or their church or their their family and man like all that all that in the natural and the enemy is just like just like grinding down on people yeah. you know and it's all it's all like designed to rob people of their peace mm -hmm. all of it designed to get people get people out of the place where they feel secure and like they can't rely on god or they can't rely on on their faith, it's insane. It was it was a wild well, we, time. We've had marriages dissolve. We had kids become suicidal. We've had businesses that are lost. We've had people that were ended up homeless. Mm -hmm. And so just the just the onslaught in so many different fronts 
that that has really been a challenge to really discern how do we help people in this environment mm -hmm. spiritually as pastors. So that's what we were confronted with for about oh about a year year and a half ago. How do we do this? And this well, is what was the list right in front of us. Right what did here, right what did we come up with? We came up with seven areas, right? So if if somebody's listening, they say, well, what are those seven areas that people battle the most with? What did we come up with? So number one, fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Number two is guilt and shame. Wow. Number three, doubt and pessimism. Yeah. I mean, doubt wow. just running everywhere, you, you know, amongst churches. Number four, anger and hostility. Just mm. think. Look across the landscape of America, how much anger we've seen yeah. out yeah. of different cities and you know riots and things like that. Number five, fatigue. People carrying ongoing chronic emotional fatigue. Mm. Number six, inferiority and inadequacy. Yeah. Inferiority, people not rising up because of all the challenges and feeling inferior, beaten down. Then number seven is just ongoing discouragement. Mm -hmm. When is this going to end? When will I get my job back? When will, can my business come back? Why did my wife leave me? Right. I mean, we can make a long list of some of the emotional issues, but those are the seven major areas we've seen the enemy attack. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just, you know, our, our church members. It's also, we've seen it on our team as well. It's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, as, as a, as a leader, you know, you get angry, you mm -hmm. get fearful, you, you've definitely, Anxious. The, definitely yeah. the feeling of inadequacy and, and like discouragement. It's, it's wild, man. It's so wild. A lot of leaders know exactly what we're talking about. And it's interesting. You think about fighting those battles, you call them battle fronts. Mm -hmm. I like that because I don't know if you ever fully defeat something like anxiety or uh, fear. Like there's this one battle where once and for all you conquer fear and you never have it again in your life. It's more or less a battlefront. And there, there are tremendous breakthroughs mm. that people can have as they learn how the peace of God works and they learn, you know, the right thoughts, you know, to, to think and what God thinks about them. And so you learn these these um, strategies for victory and you begin to employ them and you do get, you get breakthrough and you get freedom. And I know my wife, Kathy has had tremendous breakthrough in the areas of fear and different mm. things like that. But every once in a while, stuff will come knocking again. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're not battling it like once one and done, you know, <laughs> uh, for some people it's a continuous cycle, yet there is a way to tap into God's peace as that process unfolds in your life. And it's really powerful. Amen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Jesus said when an unclean spirit is cast out, it will try to come back. Yeah. And so, you right. know, there's that attempt of the enemy to have an ongoing uh, aggression towards his God's people. And we got to remember in the demonic mm -hmm. realm, there's no time. And so we're battling some of the same things that the disciples battled years ago. Yeah. And, but it's, it's the victory is there if we know how to apply certain principles in God's word. Hmm. Wow. If a person doesn't have peace, they're missing a lot. Yeah. Yes. And that became, as we talked and studied and the Lord spoke to you and the Lord spoke to a lot of us, we were, we were saying, okay, how do we 
how do we get past these battles and get people through through to what? Well, we can say victory. That sounds, you know, let's get people into victory. Where, it, but it really for you, you kind of said it's peace, isn't it? Isn't it what we're really trying to get people into is peace? And well, you know, I've, we've all studied the Word of God for years. We've been in ministry for years. And this is something I never really noticed until we started to really dig into this. As I read the Gospels and I read Jesus, how he how he ministered to his people, there's something that really stuck out, especially as an example at the Last Supper. I see all of these seven different attacks of the enemy taking place at the Last Supper. Wow. And, you know, as, as an example, the enemy already took out Judas. And then he, Jesus said, hey, Peter, it's your turn. You know, the enemy wants to take you out. Mm, wow. And then he said, guys, don't be troubled. Don't be fearful. And, you know, the, 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 the saga goes on. Their tension was really high. They knew they wanted to take Jesus out. Thomas, on the way back to Jerusalem, said, hey, let's go die with Jesus. He knew that they were trying to have an aggressive front against Jesus. But in the middle of that Last Supper, Jesus made a statement that just stuck out and really hit me between the eyes, he said, guys, my peace, I give you. Right. Yeah. Right. And he said it twice. And so his response to what the disciples were going through led me to look at other places in scripture in the new Testament as to how Jesus dealt with some of these troubling areas that attack people. And it's a beautiful picture. I never saw this before for years. I, I wish I'd seen it earlier, but it's like, for instance, Jesus said to the storm, he said, peace. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the storm stopped. You stop and think about That's what amazing. was going on in right. the spiritual realm. That there was storm in the natural. It was turbulence. The waves, the boat was rocking. He said, peace, yeah, be still. Right. And when Jesus spoke those same words to his disciples, I believe that same anointing and that same dunamis power behind those words were released into the very room where you had the disciples. They were going through their own personal storms. Yeah. What's happening? Where's Jesus going? Why, why all the tension? And so there's a picture that Jesus paints of, and I got a list, a whole long list of different examples of how Jesus came in and he spoke peace to people's lives. He spoke peace and shalom. For example, there's that lady one time that came to Jesus. She was a, a sinner, a prostitute washed his feet with her uh, her tears and yep. dried her, his feet with her hair. Yeah. And he said to her, and of course the Pharisees didn't like it, he said, you're forgiven. Go mm. in peace. Mm. And those words, Jesus said, go in peace to the woman, carried with it an anointing mm. and power to wash away, I believe, the years of shame and guilt that she carried. Wow. Just like Jesus calmed the storms, he calms the woman's heart. And there's different examples, many other examples. In fact, in fact, what's so powerful about this is that the very first word Jesus spoke after the resurrection, here are the disciples, it mm. says they were hiding in fear mm -hmm. of the authorities. Traumatized. Jesus walks through the wall and he says, peace, <laughs> very first word after the resurrection. How beautiful is that? Yeah. How strong is that? So it's almost like heaven's answer to hell's assault is peace every single time from whichever direction it comes from. He's always going to start and finish with 
peace, you know, being in that place. And I love what you're saying about the upper room too, that Good Friday scene where literally Satan was throwing all seven. He was throwing everything he could at that scene. Every weapon that he had, he was throwing at the disciples, and I'm sure at Jesus. And here comes Jesus, and what does he say? Guys, peace. Wow. So good. Remarkable. What does that mean? What what have you found out about peace and and what's the meaning of that word? Well, you know it's like peace, peace man. <laughs> yeah, right. Peace. Yeah. But you know, obviously we know the Hebrew word is shalom, right? And typically we think of that, you know, like for instance, I've been to Israel, you've been to Israel, you know, when we see a Jewish people there, we would say shalom. And it's more of a greeting, whatever. But I'm telling you, if we really dug into it, especially usages of it in the Old Testament, mm. you would find out it's a much, much broader term. I just recently read how 10% of the time in the Bible is used as a general greeting. Mm. 20% of the time, it's used of a relational component, like two warring nations now coming to peace mm. oh, relationally. Wow. But 65% of the time, it's used in a much broader way, bringing in the totality of God's presence, health, provision, reconciliation, and prosperity, and basically whatever need a man might have, his peace is there. So it's a much broader term, much stronger term mm. than just, you know, saying hello to one another, etc. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of scriptures we can talk about in reference to the Old Testament. It's just like, you know, Moses was told to bless Israel, right? The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, let his peace, peace be upon you, which means let his prosperity, his health, his grace, everything you would ever need in life, let it rest upon you. So and we, that, that, like, like you mentioned, uh, Pastor, what is it? Everything? Nothing missing, nothing, nothing broken, missing. everything as it ought to be. That's Everything that's the awesome. definition that I came up with after studying this. I'm sure that's not the only right definition, but part of it is understanding that things are not as they should be. Things are broken in this world. Things are missing in this world. And when Jesus speaks peace, he's bringing the broken things together. He's replacing what's missing, and he's bringing it back to the state that God intended for it to be, because God's yes. plan from the beginning was peace, and part of it is a is a weaving term. It's like uh, uh, bringing everything together in a perfect weave, everything mm. as it ought to be, like in a beautiful garment that would be woven, as opposed to something that's frayed and broken and uh, yeah. uh, falling apart. That's what life has become, is frayed, broken, and falling apart. But God begins to reweave things supernaturally, prophetically with his peace, and he restores it to a state that it ought to be. Well, you know, that's interesting you say that, because that's in Luke chapter 10, Jesus told his disciples, they were sent out, the 72 were sent out to go preach, right? We know that. He said, guys, when you go into a house, the first thing you say is peace mm. to this house. Mm. That's not, I mean, why would he say that? They, these are the opening words I want you to say cool. when you walk into this home. Because in that word, that's just like you said, reconciliation, wholeness, it's, it, it's the forerunner, if you will, of everything good that God is. Wow. Everything that he wants to bring into a family, 
That's why he says, when you walk into the house, in fact, also in John's gospel, he told his guys, he says, my peace be with you. As the father sent me, I'm sending you. Hmm. And so again, he's using peace as the forerunner as he commissions his men again to go do what he had done to do. And so it's an amazing, it's amazing thing to what have see. You found, what have you found out about the, it, it is a greeting, peace is a greeting. If you say, Correct. like you said, you know, we've both been in Israel and Israel, they say shalom or shalom, shalom. Uh, it, it's kind of a greeting, but it's also a blessing. Yeah. Like a part of God's peace entering into a person's life is coming as a pronounced uh, blessing. It's almost a command or a or a an impartation. It's not just a formality, like "Hey, peace." You know, it's he speaks that word, and it enters our life as a blessing. Hmm. Well, I've come to the conclusion here that you know, here soon we're going to be going through a journey to peace series, and that we have an opportunity to speak that same peace that yeah. Jesus brought to his disciples. We are able to speak those words. So it's more than just a greeting. It's an impartation. Yeah. It's a transference of anointing. Mm. And it's the creation of an open heaven over people's lives to bless them, to keep them, to keep them whole. I believe we're going to see miracles take place. Mm. I once heard recently last year of a preacher back east. Um, I don't know his name, but he was at a meeting. He preached. He had to leave quickly. And a mother with a little autistic boy asked him to preach, uh, to pray for her son. He said, I will. It's got to be quick. I got to catch an airplane. He put his hand on the little autistic boy. He spoke shalom, peace. And then he left. So his prayer was one word prayer. The next morning, the mother was shocked to find out her autistic little son was totally healed. Wow. I mean, that's the power it's of amazing. a shalom spoken over an individual's life. I believe, and I'm expecting in the days to come, that we're going to have the anointing, and this is my prayer, that we have the anointing to speak the same thing, that speaks shalom, and see those seven different areas eradicated off of people's lives. The enemy put to flight. I mean, the enemy was trying to attack the disciples, and Jesus said, peace, and more things were dispelled. So, I am very much looking forward to seeing what the Lord does in this area. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I want to get, I want to get in your guys' business a little bit. I want to ask both of you, you. You were mentioning the seven different areas that would rob somebody of their peace. I want to ask both of you, what are, what's maybe one of those areas that that you have faced yourself? Give us the seven again, real quick, Chris, so we can <laughs> we can see the okay. menu. Fear and anxiety. Yeah. Guilt and shame. Mm. Doubt and pessimism. Mm. Anger and hostility. Fatigue. Yeah inferiority and inadequacy and the last one is discouragement yeah yeah what a list that is wow you know for me for me it was i thought i was doing pretty well through the covid and it was full steam ahead where we were we were doing ministry we were helping people it 
it was um, full barrel, full burner. And I did that for about six months and then I hit the wall and fatigue took over. Mm -hmm. I, I had to shut everything down for just several days and just regain the wind in my sail. I was hit pretty hard with fatigue and then discouragement. Yeah. You know, when is this going to end? Because, you, you know, obviously in ministry, we have plans, family plans, personal plans. We like to like to grow and, you know, uh, do things, etc. But to continually have this challenge in front of us here, the enemy would just want to sit right on your shoulder and discourage you about what the future is going to look like. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, obviously we trust God and God turned things around. But th that's what I was about. Yeah. What So. What about fatigue takes your peace away from you? Like, what does that battle look like, really? It's it's a it's a process of just losing strength physically and emotionally and spiritually because mm. we're running so hard. Sometimes I, there is a spirit of fatigue that would cause an individual to disconnect with the Lord in terms of strength, in terms of hope. In terms of just hearing from the Holy Spirit, yeah. you get so tired and beat down. You, you just it's you got to shut everything down to at least gain back that strength. That's why the Bible says to wait on the wait on the Lord, to be of good strength. You know, there's a time where we got to uh, do the work of the ministry, and then there's a time where we got to make sure we take time off. Yeah, and uh, I didn't do that, and I should have. But that fatigue it really really took me out for a couple of days, and it took me a while, weeks weeks to gain back the ability to just continue on uh, emotionally. Yeah. Was there like a moment where you realized or how did you, how did you realize like I, I'm fatigued? It, it affects people differently. For me, I hit the wall. It's just like people run a marathon. Yeah. You know, they'll go for what, 24, 25 miles. And after about 18 miles, you hit the wall. So for me, I remember it was about a year, year and a half into the COVID. All of a sudden I'm looking at the computer I'm looking at my phone and it's just like a ton of bricks just fell on top of me. Mm -hmm. I had no interest. I had no strength, no desire. People were calling saying, I need help. I had, I'm thinking, I, I can't help you. <laughs> wow. I can't help you. I'm, 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 yep. I'm stopped. I, yep. I went outside and sat in a chair and just looked at it, looked at the grass grow for a little while. I was zapped. Yep. Gosh. I had the same experience. Um, and, you and I never really talked. We should we should have talked about that, but I guess guys don't really want to say, "Hey, I feel like nobody really wants to hear their leader say, I feel like quitting today.'" <laughs> uh, but well, no, I I did quit. I quit three times. <laughs> <laughs> but then you undid it before yes. you. <laughs> I quit. I quit three times. As a, Email draft sitting in your. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real. I was reading just today the prophecy of Jacob over his 12 sons, and one of them, I forget which one, but he said, your bowstring will never be loosened. And it's interesting because uh, one of the words for discouragement and exhaustion in the New Testament means to unstring your bow. Like, you know, your bow is under tension and the bowstring, you know, yes. you can fire those arrows because there's tension on that string. In fact, the way to launch an arrow is to keep that a lot of tension on that string and then, mm. you know, loose it. But if you undo your bow string, you're, you're at that point where you've got no ability to fire anything. Your, your bow string 
is unhooked mm. and you don't have any you don't have any strength on the inside of you you've got n- nothing no resistance to use to and i've been there you know that uh i would say in in covid those are the same two things that i faced one was you know the discouragement and one was the fatigue uh and i think there's probably you did too jordan i think um, yeah yeah almost every leader i know went through um those those feelings but there's other stuff too that yeah. uh, at least in my life out, let's say outside of covid i dealt with i think for all my life inadequacy starting from the time that i felt the call to serve the lord that was the first big challenge as well how could i possibly do that i wouldn't i wouldn't be adequate for that and you know wrestling through that for me that's been a lifelong uh, challenge even outside of uh, COVID is that feeling that I'm not enough. But you know, I have come to, I've made peace with my inadequacy. <laughs> maybe yeah. this comes back to the, maybe this comes back to the fact that you can win these battles. You know, they might try to occur again once here and once there. But, you know, Gideon felt tremendously inadequate and. It's a great story, you know, how God called him and said, mighty man of valor, you know, <clears throat> I'm calling you. And he was shaking and shuddering. He was just very, I'm from a bad family. I'm not, I don't have the, but you, you know, you go through that story of Gideon and then at the end, he builds an altar and the Lord shows up at this altar in the form of an angel. Wow. And you know what he called that altar? Jehovah Shalom. Wow. That's crazy. The God of peace. Because what Gideon did was he felt so inadequate, but he made peace with the fact that his inadequacy was not an issue for God, that God would be adequate for him, and that even though he was from a bad family and he wasn't a great leader and he had all these personality challenges and people left him and, <laughs> you know, he had that Gideon's revival and, and all that. But, 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 you know, Gideon came to a place where he found he made peace with his own limitations and with God, and God revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Hmm. So that's been one that um, I've had a healing in that. Not that I don't ever have feelings of inadequacy. Of course I do. But I've learned the secret that my inadequacy is God's opportunity. My, my yeah. Where my strength yeah. ends is where God's strength really begins. Yeah. And you know what? That For inadequacy, especially like on that list, that really is... A perspective problem, right? Because if you, the inadequacy thing, it it only really becomes a problem if you're just trying to rely on yourself, hmm. you know. But actually, actually, God tells us that His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So it's when our eyes are on ourselves and we're worried about what that inadequacy means about our performance or about, you know, uh, our responsibilities, that it becomes a problem. But, but actually, if we, can, if we can look at it the right way, 
look at our weaknesses the right way, look at our inadequacies the right way, um, that's a huge opportunity to surrender to God and say, God, you know, I, I actually know that I can't do this without you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand my need for you. I understand my need for you. Because when God calls us to do something, and God has a call on every single one of our lives, right? God calls us to do something, calls us to lead a family or lead a business or father or mother or whatever it is, whatever our roles are, he calls us to do things that we can't do aside from him. He only calls us to do things that we need him for, at least the hard things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, that is one of those things that inadequacy, at least I, I feel like on that list is, is really a perspective problem because I can look at everything that I know that God is putting in front of me and I can say, I feel so inadequate. And I, sometimes I, I answer myself and I go, well, yeah, that's, that's because <laughs> you are, that's because you are, you need God. <laughs> yeah. That's you need right. God. Exactly. For me, for me, it was dis, it was discouragement actually very recently and I'm, I'm actually, I think, one of the most optimistic people that I know. Um, probably, prob- probably annoyingly so sometimes to, to my wife, you know. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> she, she wants you to be a little, less, a little less cheerful about everything. <laughs> or like, you know, yeah, people, people when, they say, when they're telling you everything they're going through, kind of one of the last things they want to hear is like, uh, is, Hey man, God is good. (laughs) God is good. But, uh, you know, it just, it really, it really hit me. It was actually just a couple weeks ago, I think. And, and, um, normally I can bounce back pretty fast from, from feelings of discouragement, but, but it was just heavy on me. It was like, was it situational or spiritual? You know what I mean. Was yeah. It, was it circumstances? Was it like a, a spiritual attack or a little bit of both? I think I think it was a little bit of both, but I think it was mostly a, a spiritual thing because I started saying things that didn't make any sense and that I didn't really believe. I remember. And and I think for a little bit I was just trying to I was just trying to shove it because I thought well I'll get I'll get you know I'll get through it I'll get past this it's it's fine it's fine it's fine. Um, it was circumstantial because there were you know at the time for all for all you married listeners you know April and I were going through maybe a week or two weeks of just, you know, a little more, little more arguing than, than we normally do uh, over, over silly things. And I think, you know, um, and I think that that got to me a little bit, but then I think that was like an opportunity for the enemy to jump on, you know? So I think it happens yeah. circumstantially. And then the enemy um, capitalizes on, on those things and doubles down. See, you're no good. See, right. you you he leverages. Yeah, it. yeah, you can't you can't do anything right. See, nobody likes you. And I started to realize 
these thoughts that I'm having, they're not my thoughts. They're thoughts that are being dropped in by the enemy because the thought that I'm having has nothing to do with this argument that I had with my wife. You know, me talking to to April about whatever it was, taking out the trash, that has nothing to do with, see, nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. See, you're not influencing anybody. And I actually remember it got so bad and so heavy before I had the realization that I was sitting in my room crying and, and April's arms, she came and she put her arms around me and I was saying all this stuff. And that's when I realized when I started saying all this stuff and I was crying and I was saying things like, like nobody likes me. I'm not making a difference in anybody's life. I can't do this. And it was actually me saying it out loud, hearing myself say it and going, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Like, and that's when I realized this is like a spiritual thing. These are lies from the enemy. It was like the, you were agreeing for a moment with the voice of the enemy and you caught and you realized it. Right. But you know, what's interesting. I was thinking about this. If I didn't say it out loud, if I didn't talk to somebody about it, so in this case, I, I was saying it to April. I was, I was talking to my wife about it. If I didn't say it to anybody, mm-hmm. I would have sat with that for another right. however long. Right. And it's like the importance of... Confess your faults yeah. to one another and pray with one another yes. that you may be healed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And it was like... If you're, and that's another big reason why people this last year and a half or two years, it's been so spiritually draining and emotionally draining for people was because of the isolation, right? So if you're isolated, you're not talking to somebody about the things that you're going through. You're not talking to somebody about the, about the deep, dark thing. And we can all talk to each other, you know what I mean? And have surface level conversations. But if we're not actually saying I'm going through this super real thing to somebody who loves the Lord, like a, like a brother or a sister in Christ or someone who's someone who's strengthening can strengthen you in faith and encourage you in faith. You know, um, it was April saying, Jordan, that's, that's not true. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And I had to go, that's, that's right. That isn't true. You know, but I could have, it kind of amazes me how long I could have just sat with that if I didn't, if I didn't have that moment, you know? How important is this conversation that, that, uh, we're having right now and in our church, uh, across our campuses about these seven areas of attack and really bringing this to the surface and then just releasing God's peace into that storm, you know, just, just neutralizing that, that mess because the enemy's been having a heyday, um, with people. And, and I just say, there's almost like a prophetic timing to this. There's never a bad time to get into peace, but, but there's something about this is the right time. This moment right now, I feel like we're right over the target in terms of this conversation that we're having across our, uh, our campuses. And one thing I was thinking about as Jordan was saying that is, you know, Peace is not circumstantial. Right. You can have all the circumstances right and still not have peace. In fact, you can have mm-hmm. everything wrong. Right. And have God's amazing peace 
in the middle of it. Peace is not circumstantial. It's supernatural. Right? Yeah. Well, you stop and think. Paul said, from prison, don't be anxious about anything. Wow, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, that's easy for you to say. You're an apostle. He's sitting in this dungeon. We don't know. There's different theories as to exactly where he's at. But he was in the midst of that. And then Jesus, right before the cross, he said, peace. Mm. So, yeah, it's the, it's circumstances could be horrible. But it's like Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Give it to the Lord in prayer. And the peace of God will, will stay guard around you. Gary said, build a wall. So it's just like Paul told the Corinthians, I want you to live in peace. Yeah. So it's not a one-time experience. It's a life. Yeah. Shalom is a lifestyle. Right. Jesus carried that. He's the Prince of Peace, and He lives in us. And I believe that we can, because we know that days are going to be challenging ahead of us. We're told before Christ's return that things are going to get really rough. But in the midst of that, we can carry a lifestyle of peace. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for myself, my family, for Gateway, is that we don't have just a seven week and then we move on. No, but it becomes a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. People can walk into any one of our campuses and go, you know, there's something different here. There's a peace here. And in that peace, all their fears, all their anxieties, the discouragement that they came in with is just melted away and they can sense God's grace and blessing on everything they do. That's what peace is all about. I love it. And you know, Chris, maybe I'll ask you to pray for uh, for our listeners. I like to do this on the podcast because we've been talking real talk, and I think it opens people's hearts up. Then we just want to speak, and maybe you could even pronounce a blessing of peace into that, just as, as the Holy Spirit would lead you. But this I know. If you're a leader, you need God's peace. Yeah. You have faced these battles, and you absolutely— and you might not have anybody— that you can talk to, I could tell you there's so many leaders that um, some may even feel they can't talk to their spouse. They they can't talk to their friend, their coworker about it. And I just want to say, I think what Jordan said is so important. Don't carry this by yourself. You know, reach out to somebody trustworthy. We're going to pray for you. Uh, But you need to have, if if you're doing ministry without peace, you need you need a connection and uh, yes. your peace comes from God and, and it may come through someone mature, trusted and wise. So seek those people in your life. And after all, we need each other in the body of Christ. That's why he brings us together. But pastor Chris, um, let me just give you the floor and you can say anything, do anything or go anywhere you want to go as we close this. All right. Thank you. And thank you, pastor David and Jordan for this opportunity to, to share and to to be with you here on this podcast. But Lord, first of all, we come to you in prayer. We just know that you're the Prince of Peace, Jesus. And we thank you that you're the answer. You're the solution. You go before us, behind us, and you see all Mm. the things that we are going through. Lord, I just thank you right now that you've given us complete authority over all these seven different areas, the fear, anxiety, uh, inadequacy. Lord, you've given us because you dealt with them at the cross. Mm. And we just thank you right now that when you came on this earth, you walked among us and you brought thank an you, open Jesus. heaven. And when you ministered that open heaven, you said peace. You said peace to the storm, peace to the woman who was healed of that issue of blood, peace to that woman that was 
caught in adultery, Lord. We just know that there's a peace that you want to bring, Lord, to the pastors, to the mm -hmm. ministries, to those families that are listening, to the, the little children. Yes. Lord, we ask that you would bring a peace yes, into the Lord. homes mm, yes, of those that are, Lord, our members, our people that come to all the different churches, gateway churches and campuses, and that we speak peace. Right now, we declare peace. Yes. I encourage you, if yes, you're listening Lord. to this right now, open your mouth, speak a word of peace, shalom. Speak it out loud. Speak it against the enemy. Yes. Speak it into the very atmosphere in which you live. And mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, I ask that you ignite those same words that Jesus spoke on this earth, and you usher in your glory, your presence, mm. your shalom, your healing, everything as it should be. Lord, resurrection, life, dominion over darkness. And Lord, we just thank you right now today that your peace, your shalom is as real and as ever-present as Thank it ever you, was. Jesus. Thank you, Even Jesus. in the days of Gideon, the Lord is shalom. Mm. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that your peace, Lord, builds a wall around us and keeps us in that place of stability, keeping our eyes on you. Let there be encouragement. Let there be peace. Let there be, Lord, your answer to the, all these different areas we talk about. And let men, women, connect with others, pray with others, and let us team up together to experience your shalom thank you, as, as God's people, as your people. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 A big amen. Wow, that was uh, so incredible. And Chris, yeah. you know, as, as you were praying, I just felt like a word for parents. Um, the Bible talks about peace that passes understanding. This is probably the most confusing, difficult time to be a parent with everything that's going on in schools and um, with children and the things they're picking up from the culture and mm. kids are just getting hit. You know, we, we think about the battles we're fighting, but you know, if you don't have to be very old to be fighting a battle. I mean, kids fight their battles too, but totally. they don't always, totally. they don't always have the, the tools to, or the weapons. And here's a, a little encouragement for parents. We can lay our hands on our children and yeah. speak mm -hmm. peace. Yeah. Paul said it's a peace that passes understanding. So they don't have to understand all the seven things and all the stuff that we've been Beautiful. talking about. And, you know, there, mm -hmm. peace is a person. Yeah. It's Jesus. And just to speak that over a confused and afraid 11-year-old or 17-year-old or, or a 5-year-old that's just having a rough time, even as a routine, almost um, hygiene over your children as they go to bed, just lay your hands on them and just mm -hmm. say, peace. Yeah. The peace of God. I think we got to get back to blessing our children and not explaining things all the time, you know, yeah. because we're trying to get in their head and fix them in their head. But the heart knows things that the head can never understand. That's right. And a child's heart can absorb the peace of God. So let's learn as parents yeah. to speak peace, speak peace over your spouse. You know, let's, let's be bold in this, you know, when, when there is trouble, Let's follow the example of Jesus and the apostles. Look at look at all the epistles of the New Testament, how they opened up grace and peace be to you. Yes. As leaders, my goodness, we're always trying to explain this and market that and be on message and all that. 
how about we speak peace yeah over over people's lives and that's so good we're speaking peace over you our our listening family we're speaking peace over you that goes beyond your understanding and goes right into your heart receive it and we're looking forward to our next time together on the gateway leadership podcast Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canistracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month. Thank you.